0: Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I'm Terry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to be with you today. We are embarking upon a new series. It's a new day and a new series. and We're going to focus on the Psalms. The Psalms are rich with emotional language and responses to this language. It's difficult not to find something that meets you in your need. It just so happens that the Bible that I have read for years includes psalms as part of the daily reading plan every day. So I'm always surprised at how it captures me, even though it was written by a man over a thousand years ago. But because these were used in worship, you also don't have to look very far to discover thankful language. Yet it's so varied. There is so much of God of which to be truly thankful. Over the next few weeks, you and I are going to focus on the Psalms. The episodes are going to vary in shape, meaning, and most certainly the takeaway value for each, but the theme is gonna be that of gratitude. So welcome to the new series, Psalms of Thanksgiving. The first one (laughs) I absolutely own because I have lived it. It's the story of me, but I think at least some of you can relate because Google, (laughs) when I did a search of the topic, doesn't lie. But this is what I enjoy so much about the Psalms. They are so applicable. So let's get started. I think you will hear and understand what I'm driving at. A psalm of thanksgiving, no longer invisible. My God sees me. My God hears me. My God answers me. I'm going to take this from Psalm 66. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but most of it, I do want you to hear So, I'm going to start in verse 1 and just go. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, How awesome are your deeds! So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in Him, who rules by His might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of His praise be heard, who has kept our foot among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. And you laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Now I'm going to skip to 16. Come and hear all you who fear God. And I will tell you what he's done for my soul. I cried out to him with my mouth and high praise was on my tongue. But truly God has listened. And he has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Now, as I said, this is sort of my song, but I pray that it resonates with someone and brings some healing and victory today so i'm going to start back at the beginning give you a little bit of history for years in my young life growing up i was not what you would consider the popular girl i was very much a loner and placed in situations where i would be alone And then my family went through a mess, and I was very shy anyway. Felt like I was less than others, very intimidated, and naturally faded into the background. Uh, Very unimportant. I'm pretty sure no one remembers my name and has lost any sleep over wondering whatever happened to me. I don't think this is my perception either. I think this is reality. But God, even in those early days, showed himself to care about me. Through very difficult times, I began to discern his voice in in a way that I could and develop some inconsistent habits of being some semblance of a good Christian girl, some semblance of that. And I latched on to a belief that God loved me and cared for me like the song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, but it's very general, not Not specifically did he love me, just generally because he sort of had to, because he's the savior of the world, and that's kind of as far as it went, and I believed that for years. Every week in church, I sort of kind of believed that, and so by the time I went to college, I wasn't prepared. Many other people were so much more significant, doing so many more things, and they were just ahead in life, specifically and generally. I was confronted with that reality there. My friends were smarter, more diligent, more dedicated. Um, They had a lot of support. They had good study habits. And honestly, they were more mature in matters of culture and just life in general. I made mistakes where they did not. I fell short when they did not. I seemed to be years behind and I didn't really know how to fix it. And when I looked around, it was apparent to me that I saw people that didn't see me. And I felt very invisible at that point. It had been building all those years. It wasn't just at college. But by the time I got there and went through those years, I would pretty much learned that reality. And then I got married. And I happened to marry... At the end of college a wonderful man who was pretty much mr perfect deemed by most people he definitely was not invisible he was the top student the top all-around achiever i think he got several medals to prove it he was the president of this and that highly highly esteemed by everyone adults and students alike and let's just say that marrying mr perfect only made people question why he would settle for someone like me because I clearly wasn't measuring up. It didn't help me find any light to become Mrs. Perfect. That wasn't... My new identity. And then we went to medical school because he was going to go to medical school. And I absolutely disappeared from the planet. I couldn't compete in any area. Not that I wanted to compete to be as good as or to have the spotlight. I just wanted to be recognized as a person who had value. And in those years, I had achievement, but it didn't seem to matter (laughs) because I was always lined up whether I want it to be or not, next to Mr. Perfect. When everyone is treating you like Mr. Perfect and telling you how great you are and grooming you to be Mr. Perfect in your environments, uh treating you as it's a fact, you start believing it. So, I wasn't seen at home very clearly. My church didn't see me. I was always introduced in relationship to my spouse and, and what he was. My Our families didn't really see me in comparison to him, and our friends didn't see me. It was all about how I was in association to him. I was a fixture. I was functional. I was average. I was insignificant. And I was replaceable. Into the course of a few years of all that joy, I was truly invisible. Here I am, the end of my 20s, married a few years, in the throngs of the American dream. And, uh... It's not going well. Because even if my feelings of being invisible were not as universal as it seemed to me internally, there was enough reinforcement externally to perpetuate the reality. And because at this point I'd lived long enough to change environment several times and I'd been married long enough to understand this is my life. This is likely as good as my life is ever going to be. I'm living the dream and this is not what I signed up for. What do you do when you know you're living out the decisions God has led you to yet? It's killing you on the inside. I mean it's it's truly killing you on the inside. Well My reality confirmed my suspicions. God indeed did love me with the bless your heart kind of love. I am one of the many. He's willing to save, but in a different league than the special chosen people and their chosen friends who are enabled to do things for the Lord. (laughs) This was a silent internal war raging inside of me for years. Because how do you tell someone what's going on? Because... You're not sure anything is wrong. It's just you. You seem to be the problem here. It's not something you can get over. It's just you. It would come out every once in a while if someone was super tacky. Whatever had been said or done or not said or done would sort of bring it all to the surface. Sort of like the encounter that we had. It had been years. And we ran into uh, the English professor that we had had, both of us, at separate times, I had had him, I had made an A, and Chad had had him, and he had been our photographer, which I arranged, and I worked with, and I had conversations with, and I saw him in a store, and I went up to him, and I spoke to him, reminded him who I was, because he had forgotten, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then in a moment, my husband came up and said hello to him, and he threw a party. He threw a hissy fit and called his wife over, blah, 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 and said, honey, you have to meet this guy. This guy is the smartest person that we've ever had in the college, yada, yada, yada. And he just went on and on and on, never acknowledged my presence again. They finished their conversation, the three of them, and then we, uh, they walked away. That was sort of how it was. I mean, I, I can't make this stuff up. It was a reality. So desperate times call for desperate measures. Even though I understood God's love for me was sort of a bless her heart kind of affection, I didn't know where else to go, which is not very comforting in and of itself. But it's all I had. So I had purchased my first one-year Bible. Within the first couple of years of medical school, because I was just desperate and I started reading it because I just didn't know what else to do. And then I began crying out to him in my invisible, insignificant, this is not what I signed up for uh, life that lay ahead of me for the next I don't know how long. At least, if nothing else, I decided I was determined to become a decent, average Christian girl because I could be good at that and no one could take that away from me. And because I had time on my hands... I went to the only women's Bible study that I could find after work. So there were like five of us in a library. And in 20 minutes, I experienced the beginning of what Isaiah 41 is expressing. And I didn't know it, but that's sort of what was happening. Let me show you. The poor and needy are seeking water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them myself. I, the God of Israel, will not neglect them. I will open rivers on the barren heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a reed pool of water and the dry lands spring of water so that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Well, I finished that first Bible study and I'm sure there were blanks not filled in and verses not looked up. Then we moved and I happened to find another group doing a Bible study. I did that one almost completely Then we did another one, and then we did another one, and we moved again. And now I didn't have a group, but I did another study on my own and another one. I began to live out in my situation what Isaiah 48, 17 speaks of, where it says, This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. By the time I'd completed a bookshelf, of studies and read my one-year Bible cover to cover about 10 times, it was evident in me an exchange was taking place. My circumstances had not changed. Not really. Oh, I was still invisible to many people. Even in yet another environment, I was still the superstar's wife, my only redeeming quality. But by the time I had finished the next study alone, I had come to really really no in the marrow of my loved by God specifically bones I was wrong in my theology certain people were not loved more and even though that is how I sometimes was treated and had felt on the inside it was not true from scripture God did not have less for me than anyone else he did not it was not in there even if this was other people's perceptions of my abilities and my talents and what they thought I could do. That's not what the Lord was saying. That is not what's in His Word. And what really matters is what He says about me. And I just hadn't been believing and understanding the right things about what He believed about me and what He said about His children. This is in Ephesians 1. I pray always that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him For we know the Father through the Son, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. This heavy yoke that had been gaining strength most of my life, this invisible field, was now almost completely gone. And at the same time, God was gracious enough not to leave my spouse behind. Don't you worry. He was learning and being schooled by Isaiah 48 7, the one that says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you. Don't you worry. He was having to learn his own lessons. God did not leave him. He was learning his lessons that have enabled us to be what we couldn't be without one another in Christ. But my worth could not be centered or founded on or by association of Mr. Perfect. Nothing was wasted. Then, in my 30s, I was sort of sideswiped, momentarily shaken to the core, and it was my battle. It did not involve my sweet spouse. And when I was sideswiped, God was there immediately with this verse. Forget your people. Forget your father's house. The king is enthralled with your beauty. Honor him, for he is your God. And because I had been through that stack of Bible studies free, From much of what had chained me before, I knew I could rely on the truth. And I found this truth in Isaiah 43. But now, says the Lord who created you, who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You see, it didn't matter. When no one else saw me, he did. He came from me. He summoned me by name, not by association, not by merit, or because he was obligated, like it feels in the song. When I passed through the waters... He was with me, and the rivers that raged against me, in my battles, he did not allow to sweep over me. And when I walked through the fire, I did not get burned. I, Cherry Javon Merrill, strange and precious to him, and I am honored in His sight because He sees me. I am not invisible. Today, carrying this sense that you are invisible is deadening. It stinks and it is indeed humiliating. It's degrading. It gives you the feeling that you are worth less than other people, which may very well be in agreement with the people in your life. But it may not be. It very much may be just a sense that we have acquired over time that may not be reinforced. It's all internal. Either way, it is a heavy yoke that will keep us busy, hurting, and bound. If this describes your present in some kind of varying degree, hear what Isaiah was sent to write in chapter 49. This is what the Lord says. In a favorable time, I have answered you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. And I will keep watch over you and give you for a covenant of the people to restore the land from its present state of ruin and to apportion and give as inheritances the deserted hereditary lands, saying to those who are bound and captured, Go, And to those who are in spiritual darkness, show yourselves. Come into the light of the Savior. They will feed along the roads on which they travel, and their pastures will be on all the bare heights. Maybe you are like I have been, and you have believed the wrong things. Your theology is all messed up, and it's hard to believe that He loves you specifically and will do all these things for you. Don't stop seeking. Keep reading. For if you just go five more verses in this one chapter, He hears your anguish. doubting heart where it says, but Zion, Jerusalem in captivity said, the Lord has abandoned me and my Lord has forgotten me. And the Lord answered, can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Indeed, I have inscribed a picture of you on the palms of my hands. He sees you. He hears you. He answers you. He says to you who are bound, held captive by things or people in your life or beliefs that you hold, come out. Be free. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. That is what the 23rd verse says in the same chapter. Listen again to my Psalm 66. This is just a few verses of it. Bless our God, O peoples, and make the sound of his praise be heard abroad, who keeps us among the living and does not allow our feet to slip or stumble. For you have tested us, O God. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You made men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you brought us out into a broad place of abundance. Abundance, to be refreshed. This is my song of thanksgiving. No longer invisible. My God sees me. My God hears me. My God answers me. What might your song be? Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www. SheYearns.com, where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.